You are listening to the Forkman and Champ podcast. Make sure you sub now at iTunes, Spotify, and check them out on Facebook as well. I've been promoting this, that we're going to have a special guest on today's podcast. So now, without further ado, I'd like to welcome the one, the only, Will Smith to the podcast. Right and true, I believe. Welcome, Will. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can oh, hear yeah. you now. All good. I'm like, oh, no. Sam. How are you going? Not too bad. How are you? Yeah, really well, thank you. It's a bit cold in Tassie today, but apart from that, we're going all right. Awesome. Now, for those of you who don't know, so I know Will from um, this, these camps that I volunteer on, Edmund Rice Camps. So years ago, this, yes. young, this young bloke, the volunteer from Tasmania, went on the camp, picked me up from the station in the... Um, Van because the EO at the time sent him with another one of our volunteers. <laughs> and I was like, what did this young guy do in driving the bus? And then I found out in Tasmania they had different rules around licensing. Yeah, that's and right. He, different licenses here in Tassie. So he would buy full 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 license. And so and then he introduced himself. Hey, I'm Bill Smith. I was like, no, the guy's having us on. <laughs> He's taking a K. Turns out his name is actually Bill Smith. Is that true? Yeah, that's right. Don't worry. I get plenty of jokes about it all the time. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, a, good, uh, it's a good icebreaker, though. It's definitely a good icebreaker. Oh, <laughs> I, I could imagine a date. <laughs> yeah that's exactly right <laughs> don't worry in any introduction setting it always comes up and it's uh i think it served me quite well actually pretty much since high school it served me well because everyone obviously knows so it's been a good icebreaker since then now now so recently i heard you on another podcast that you were on and i heard that in your younger years, you lived in a shed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, actually. I've received a few messages about that since that podcast came out. It's interesting that you... I hope you didn't sit there for the whole hour and listen to that. But yeah, no, no I, that's right. I did, I did. I did. I oh, wow. Well, it would have been a bit of a ramble. No, no, that's right. So um, my family's originally from New South Wales and we uh, moved to Tasmania when I was quite young. I was actually born in Tasmania. Um, and then we were back in New South Wales and then, and then back to Tasmania. But, uh, yeah, right through up until high school, uh, about six, seven year period, there was, uh, a, a lot of years living in a tin shed, uh, in Northern Tasmania. So, uh, on cold days, like it is today at the start of winter, it, uh, it was, it proved to be an interesting time. Awesome. <laughs> so I, I would, whether they're heated inside the shed. Or... Yeah, yeah. So there was a there was a wood heater inside. So we uh, it was it was in it was on a bush block. So um, we had plenty of wood lying around to uh, to able to keep the wood heater going. I actually had a chat with my parents a couple of weeks ago about the experiences back in the shed. Um, and on some winter mornings we would wake up, uh, and my parents still recall uh, there being the condensation up on the tin. Uh, we'd all sleep wow. in the same area for our breath. That's how cold it would get some nights in there, but. Uh, I think when you're in there for so long and you're so young, it you just it just becomes a, a normality. So you don't really think too much of it. 
But uh, yeah, I think uh, for my parents at the time, they struggled, especially with young kids. Yeah, and you also recently have done something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Like you started your own foundation. Yes, that's right. JCP Empowering Youth. Very, very proud of it. Can you tell us a bit about what that is all about? 100%. So JCP uh, Empowering Youth was an avenue for me to be able to um, really um, bring into uh, the mix all the programs that I was running uh, over the last 10 years. So as I met you, Corey, um, in Victoria through Edmund Rice Camps, uh, I'd been involved in a number of youth programs over a number of years and trying to make an impact uh, on those programs as, as much as I could. Um, and I, I suppose just getting a little bit sick of processes and sick of, um, you know, thinking that things weren't done my way, not my way, but a way that is a little more productive or a little bit more high impact. I decided to branch out and create, yeah, my own company. So JCP Empowering Youth delivers high impact youth programs uh, to young people. And we do that through school seminars, camps, activity days, uh, a high number of uh, volume of programs. So, um, you know, what we do is quite diverse actually, but we're almost, we've almost hit our one year mark, our one year birthday. And um, yeah, I'm really, really proud of what we've achieved in a year. We've done some massive, massive things and it's been really, really good to have the community get around our work and, and to really support what we do as well. Do you have a birthday bus plan or had those plans been put on the <laughs> table for now? I don't have a birthday plan. COVID 19s definitely put a bit of a stringent on a lot of plans that we had. Uh, so, yeah, maybe we'll have an online party. You guys uh, can definitely get an invite to that. At Zoom, at Zoom party, they, they've been happening a lot. Yeah, to be honest, I'm getting sick of Zoom parties though. Zoom's killing me. I just want that human interaction. So it's, uh, yeah, no, Zoom, Zoom's becoming the death of me. So if I can try and steer away from it, I'm going to try. Maybe a Facebook live in the meantime or something, I'm not sure. Or, 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 or Teams. Yeah, well, that's true. Maybe I just need to change my platform. Yes. Uh, so, um. Last year, I saw this post that you were going to Syria. Is that correct? You went to Syria? Yes. Yep. Yeah. 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 And I was like, when I when I saw it, I was like, oh no, it did, did it some kind of joke. But you did actually go to Syria. Can you tell us about what that yeah. experience was like? Yeah. Look, that was uh, obviously pretty out there. The experience as a whole was. Um, one of the biggest programs I've ever run, or it was the biggest program I've ever run in my life. So the concept was that we wanted to impact some of the most at risk and vulnerable youth in the world. So that was the concept. Um, and, you know, I'd been following the war in Syria for quite a number of years and that war is still ongoing today, uh, getting close to eight years. Um, and it's, it's single-handedly caused one of the biggest refugee crises in the world, uh, especially for European countries. And so, um, Islamic State have a massive impact uh, in the Middle East and especially in the Syrian war and uh, a lot of young people are getting uh, hooked up into, um, you know, Islamic State recruitment and negative type behaviours and they are considered to be the most at risk youth in the world and so a lot of young people are leaving Syria as refugees, they're crossing borders, and um, they're getting lost up in, in refugee camps and, and mixed up in, in situations that are unsafe and um, yeah, it just was trying on me a lot. So 
uh, in a very short space of time, I, I made a plan, created a trip and, and I headed off. So I flew over to the Middle East and landed in Lebanon. I traveled up through Northern Lebanon uh, into what's called a no travel area. So the Australian government um, advise, not only advised, but tell you not to go. So I traveled up through the no go uh, area and uh, traveled up through the, the Mishmish Mountains, which is a, a known uh, area for Islamic State recruitment. And, uh, and I started to work with Syrian refugees that had been affected by the war there, which was an amazing experience. All up worked with close to 250 kids. We created eight soccer teams um, and, yeah, just tried to provide as much positive experience as possible. Are day teams still playing together or...? I still have contact with some because, yeah, the purpose of the trip was to make sure it was sustainable and not go in and be a one-hit wonder where we provided this experience and everyone went, oh, that was amazing, and then just leave, and then that was it. So I was able to connect really well with a guy called Basil over there, and Basil was a young... He's, he's actually my age, and he is uh, from Syria, was affected by the war, and is a really, really good soccer player. Um, and... Uh, he was able to continue a lot of the work that I was doing. Unfortunately, due to a lot of unrest in northern Lebanon as well, I lost contact with some of the teams and I'm just not sure if some of them are still in existence or not because that contact is just non-existent at the moment. But I still do contact some guys over there and that work is continuing in some areas, which is really positive and, and very uplifting as well. Awesome. Tramp, are you here? Yeah, sorry, I just got back. Awesome. Um, so, Will, so back to the Eddie Rice stuff quickly. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, you were you were involved in the Fed Ever Hope Tasmania and Tasmania Police. They did a camp together. Yeah. Or do they still do that? Yeah, that's right. We do, yeah. So the program's been running for about seven years, and uh, so I joined Tasmania Police in two thousand and thirteen. Um, and very, uh, I suppose at the time, hesitantly approached uh, my supervisor and said that I wanted to uh, use the opportunity to connect Tasmania Police as an organisation with uh, a lot of the at-risk kids that were in our community. Uh, you can imagine a, a young recruit trying to create such a big change uh, in an organisation like that. So it was uh, initially looked upon as oh, not really a joke, but it wasn't looked upon too favourably. And I was just so lucky that my supervisor at the time had a bit of belief in the concept and, and wanted to jump on board. He said, yeah, let's do it. I think this is going to be a really good good idea. And so what we did in order for our, our, our course to graduate from the police academy, we actually partnered up one-on-one uh, -on -one with, with at-risk young people in the community and we ran a camp for them. And that program now has been running out of the Tasmania Police Academy for about eight years, which is um, which is amazing, yeah. Yeah, I, I see some of the videos after like when they when their kids find out that their leader buddy yeah. in. Uh, it's a, yeah, hundred percent. It's a pretty special experience because the kids actually come on the camp and have no idea that they're connected with police officers. They have no idea that their mentors and partners are members of Tasmania Police. So what's really powerful about it is right at the end of the camp, um, the kids get separated from their leaders. They come and sit down and then the, the leaders actually march on in front of them dressed in their full ceremonial uniform. And the kids watch these police officers march around at the academy and they've got no idea that they're actual, they're their leaders and their buddies. So they're, 
they're connecting, you know, the dots slowly, slowly. And then eventually once they march towards them and they, and they stand there, the look on these kids' faces is absolutely priceless. And I have no doubt in my mind that that program changes so many perceptions not only of the police, but also for police and at-risk youth. And it also creates so many connections as well. It's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty unbelievable program. And, and it, it's, to my knowledge, a program to that extent is not run anywhere in Australia to be able to connect one-on-one -on -one in a camp basis with police officers. But um, to my knowledge, anywhere in the world to that extent, that's, it's, it's a very, very unique program. Yeah, I, I know one of our guys have been trying to get something similar over here, but hadn't been yeah that's right ryan john is his name he's a police officer in victoria he's actually traveled down a couple of times to the program and and been a part of it and he's definitely trying to kick it off uh in victoria but I, i'm not sure uh his success to that so far it's obviously such a larger organization and a larger police academy which logistics wise would be yeah quite different yeah i, I know he got a couple of his colleagues out to camp one day at the end, oh, uh, yeah, when cool. we, we went to great. science work one day and a couple of his colleagues met at a science work and <laughs> works and actually yeah. spoke to the camp. Yeah, there you go. That's awesome. I think you were on that camp, yeah, champ. Yeah, I was, yeah. I think that was funny because all the kids were um, asking for the police to put the cuffs on them and make it look like they were being arrested and stuff. And the cops like, no. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> the scenes are actually quite similar in Tassie at the end of the program. So obviously all the kids want to wear the handcuffs. They want to wear the uniform. They go in the back of the divisional van. They get the full experience, which is pretty unique. I think the, the news cameras really enjoy that last moment of seeing all these kids in the back of a divisional van and, you know, tied up and hand handcuffing the police officers. It's, um, yeah, it's pretty funny, actually. It's, it's a good exposure and it, and it it really does break down barriers, breaks down massive barriers. Mm. What made you want to become a police officer? Uh, so when I was in high school, actually, the, um, the policing were doing a recruitment drive uh, in all the year 10 classes. They had a new program called the Junior Constable Program, and it, was, uh, it doesn't exist anymore, um, and probably for good reason, but the, the program was for year 11 and 12 students, so college students, to come on board uh, and join uh, Tasmania Police. And, and you could actually go out on the street and work one or two shifts a week um, in, a, in, a, in a response vehicle, so in a police car. Um, and I, I joined that program, got accepted in it, and I was in that program for two years. So whilst, whilst I was in college, I was actually working part-time as a, a junior constable and observer in a response vehicle which is quite different from working in Maccas or Woolies or what probably an ordinary uh, first job would be. Uh, and then from there, I just, yeah, got addicted to the adrenaline. I got addicted uh, to the work that they do. Policing is just such a high intense, um, you know, um, job and career path. And, and um, yeah, I love it. I still love it now. Still employed by Tasmania Police and I still really, really enjoy, uh, although I don't get a lot of, uh, time with them at the moment. I still really enjoy when I do rock up and, and get to have that positive impact on the community. And, you know, there's selfish reasons in there as well. And that is the fact that it's a, you know, it's an adrenaline based job. Uh, and yeah, I love getting out and about and, and being active and, and having a job where everything changes from day to day. You're never ever going to have the same day twice. 
Is there somewhere to in your so in your career and so in your life, what had been the standout moment for you? Um, yeah, look, there's there's a couple that I draw back on. I was so fortunate in 2017 to um, make a connection with Netflix. Uh, and then so after that, that connection, I was really fortunate to uh, be able to, to meet my namesake, Will Smith. Uh, and um, I got flown to America and I uh, was involved in some promotions for a, for a Netflix movie, which was pretty amazing. And I uh, spent a week in America. I got to walk the red carpet with Will Smith and a heap of other actors. And I've since met up with him in Sydney. Um, and, you know, I think that connection for me was really important because it's, uh, it gave me an avenue to be, to be able to get some real advice from someone that I looked up to. And, and to meet a role model in my life, I suppose, that's followed me because of my name the whole time. So, uh, yeah, that was that was probably one moment that I look back on and think that I've drawn a lot of inspiration from meeting someone that's had such a big impact on not only his community or his country, but the world uh, in such a positive way. And when you look back on Will Smith, the actor in, in career mode, um, rarely would you find someone who lives such a public life, uh, not have any negative aspects uh, that is, you know, talked about or promoted about from him. So yeah, I definitely look up to him as a, as a role model, and I'll definitely look up to him as someone that uh, I strive to be like uh, through his influence. Awesome. And I, I believe he'd go um, on your voicemail when people call Yeah, you. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously marking around a little bit. Um, he uh, recorded the voicemail. So if you call my phone, you, you do get uh, the real Will Smith. It's actually, uh, at, at the first, it was hilarious because people would call up and they'd be like, oh my God, we get Will Smith. That's funny as. And then uh, it's actually a curse now because every Friday and Saturday night, my phone just continually rings of people that want to hear the voicemail to show off to their friends when they go out drinking or they do something. So um, yeah, I always answer my phone probably 50% of the time and people go, oh, I don't, didn't want you to answer. I just want to show my mates your voicemail. Uh, so yeah, it's a bit of a curse. Like it is, it's a weekly occurrence that I get a text message from someone that says, Hey, I just want to show my friends your voicemail. Can you not answer please? So yeah, it's definitely common. But, yeah. I was going to say, do you know what you might have to do? You might have to buy a second phone and like, <laughs> yeah. well, actually, I've, got a dual, I've got a dual SIM now, so I, it actually works. So my phone, I can put two SIM cards in it and work it from there. But the issue is that everyone's got my first number and so the dual SIM is irrelevant now unless I try and find a way for Telstra to swap the voicemail over to a special number. I'm not too sure. Uh, that, 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 I, I was going to say that would be like funny that having like a dedicated phone. For yeah. <laughs> now, um, I, I, we're going to say 10 years down the track. I'm going to say five years. That to be more realistic. Where would you like to see JCP go? Yep. Oh, that's a big question. Um, so, look, I'm actually working at the moment uh, for the first time uh, with a mentor. So uh, we even had a conversation today about um, creating visions and missions for, for what we do. So so my whole purpose at the moment is that, um, you know, I'm a youth leadership expert. I'm a youth leadership coach and speaker, and, and that's my drive. That's what uh, I'm passionate about and what I want to do, and, and that's um, – you know, where I see the next five to 10 years going and that, and that is developing 
uh, our programs in youth leadership and developing influence in youth leadership and being able to connect with as many young people across the world as possible through the content that we deliver. Um, you know, I'm, I'm extremely passionate about what I do. I'm very, very passionate about youth leadership and, and having a genuine impact on people. Um, and then, so that's, that's, that's what it's about for me. So the next five years is a complete focus on that. It's a complete focus on building JCP's influence, not only here in Tassie, Australia, but you know, in other countries as well. And, and how I do that is, is through implementing really good uh, content through really high impact programs. Awesome. Thank you for that. And no, no problem. That was unrehearsed too, so that slid out quite well. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Probably one of the best pictures I've had in a long time. <laughs> um, so um, before we before we get you to before we leave you or before you leave us, so as you know, the Logie Awards ain't happening this year. Yes, that's due right. Due to COVID, but I've had this wild idea that. After the podcast, we're going to have our own kind of Logie Awards. I haven't got a name for them. Maybe we call them the Will cool. Smith Awards or something. <laughs> yeah. And um, but do you have an actor from um, I'll just say from Australia, who you would like to nominate for an award? Ooh, wow. Does it have to, yeah, it has to be an actor because it's the or actress. Um Or actress, that's right. Um, or, or then again, okay, you could do a hero. Big. Yeah, true, true. Uh, I think actor-wise, um, uh, trying to think. Um, I don't, I don't want to be biased here as well. I hope uh, some of the people that I'm listening to don't. Uh, or that would be listening, don't think that I'm trying to... Joel Edgerton probably is one. Like, Joel Edgerton is an Australian actor. Uh, so he was in the movie that I promoted. Um, uh, obviously spent some time with him in Hollywood as well. He is an amazing guy. Uh, and Sydney too. Uh, but he's in a couple of great movies. I love the movie Warrior. Um, he's in Warrior. Great movie. Love it. So he would definitely be my, my recommendation. Awesome. Thank you, Will, for joining us on the podcast. Um, Thank where you. can people Very find out me. more about JCP? Yeah, 100%. So, um, obviously, as I said, JCP run really high-impact youth programs, especially around school seminars. So, if anyone wants to get any of our program facilitators, including myself, to your school, business, workplace, wherever it is, to deliver anything around leadership, motivation, self-belief, you can head to www.jcpyouth.com.au. Thank you for that. Thank you again, Will. Thanks, guys. Have a good afternoon. You too. We'll let you go. See ya. Thank you for downloading the Forkman and Champ podcast. For more Forkman and the Champ, Head to ForkmanandTheChamp.com or find us on Facebook and give it a like. Just look for Forkman and the Champ.